everybody. Welcome back. This is the Keep It Moving podcast, episode two. Um, flipping the script a little bit today. Uh, this is uh, Andrew Eccles, your co-host, along with Ben Eccles. Uh, and we're going to be uh, um, really diving deep into um, the, the healthcare system. And, and so I'm excited to kind of take on the role of, of putting Ben on the hot seat and uh, asking him more as the consumer um, some specific questions um, from the healthcare provider's perspective. So uh, I'm pretty pumped for it. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, so Ben, let's uh, let's dive right in. So I think, you know, uh, of course, as the provider, um, I am always excited to hear other people's perspectives on what they, you know, what they hold hold close to the the chest the most about what they appreciate in their healthcare system. And and I had the luxury of um, working in a in the Italian healthcare system and um, and now obviously in the United States healthcare system and, uh, and so I want to really get into some some good questions for you um, not only as a consumer because um, you've had your fair share of, of things that you've had to go through yep um, and but also you know seeing if there's anything that you can uh, pull from your line of work I mean from from the sake of um, your company and, and how they how they provide uh, their service and, and there might be some good intel from that as well. So, sure. um, you know, it's always interesting from the, the paying customer because especially now in, in 2020 now with uh, the election coming up in a couple months and healthcare is certainly a big topic um, on, the, on the docket in regards to we have um, definitely some, you know, the Medicare for all um, on, on the uh, Democratic side and, and having some candidates really supporting that and that uh, universal health care, universal payer. Um, and then you have some people right in the center um, talking about the sake of, you know, maintaining private health care. Right. And but then having the ability to buy into that potential um, you know, government plan. Um, and then, of course, you have the sake of we'll keep it the same as it is right now or continue to modify it from the side of um, from the conservative party. So very, very interesting. And let's not dive too much into the political side <laughs> of it all. But, uh, we don't need that here. But but uh, I do think that brings up, um, you know, a good first question of, uh, you know, from me being the healthcare provider to you as a healthcare consumer, what do you value the most in uh, in your healthcare coverage? If you could pick one thing, what would what would you value the most? Whether you've had to use it or or not use it and kind of stash yeah. it away, but uh, what would you say? Um, you know, it's kind of hard to pick like one singular thing, just because you know there's just so much that goes into quality healthcare, and you know what what maybe some people perceive as not quality healthcare. But um, for me, I think transparency is something that I really value um, working with my providers and or the providers that I've worked with and just the system as a whole. Um, I think it's really important that every patient, whether they're, you know, pretty well versed in medicine or in, you know, what the topic at hand is, 
um, or not. I think it's very important that providers um, really take the time to explain what they're saying and, you know, really kind of, you know, lay it out in layman's terms and not just, you know, fly through their charts quick and just say what they say in their, you know, medical terminology and then on to the next patient. Um, I think there are definitely providers that do this very well and there's definitely providers, you know, the stereotypical um, doctors or whoever it may be that just kind of act like they don't really care. Um, and I, and I'm, that's not to say that doctors don't really care. It's just there's some people that, you know, are super busy in healthcare. And I know you know that. And I know that most people Absolutely. probably know that. But um, I think it's really important to myself and definitely any consumer of healthcare that they really understand what's going on uh, with them in terms of their health and their wellness and their treatment and all that. Uh, right. But also just understanding, you know, how to navigate the healthcare system. And, you know, that's why it's important having those admin people at the clinic or, you know, those, you know, insurance people at the clinic that can answer those questions. And because um, it's, it's really not that easy to just find straight answers a lot of times in healthcare. Right. Um, and, and you go online and you try to be, you know, uh, productive and you try to teach yourself kind of uh, what you can do to best take advantage of, you know, the, of the, you know, the plan that you have or the healthcare that you have. And, uh, it can be really, really confusing, and maybe you just come out a little bit more confused than when you went in. So, right, um, I mean, definitely, I yeah. I, th I think you know you bring up a good point, and the way uh, there's uh, the term that's not rolling off the tongue right now, but um, in terms of that that uh, first point of service, I mean, how important is that that person who, when you're called to make an appointment, the initial person you talk to um, is you know, I've, I I think that that position I've highly value that position because yeah. it's um, usually when we're calling to go into any type of healthcare or uh, a, an appointment, there's obviously something going on, right? I mean, yep. if I'm going to whether that's just a you know an annual checkup, um, which is ideally just to make sure everything is going well, but um, most of the time when we're calling a healthcare provider, it's because there's something we need to talk to them about. <laughs> no right. one's just yep. calling to chat. So it's, uh, you know, that first person, that first line of defense is highly important and, and highly valued. And um, and they kind of get the ball rolling with, you know, the, the sake of answering questions. Obviously, they, they're doing the administrative stuff of taking insurance card information and, um, you know, point, um, number to contact and, um you know, and an address and all that, but um, but they also can play a large role in the sake of, you know, if someone's highly anxious about the situation. Let's say it's a you know a cancer clinic. I mean that that's that does not um, that, that those phone calls have to be pretty darn difficult, and I yes, I don't definitely. have to talk um, in those scenarios thankfully, but um, but that as compared to you know a routine. Um, clinic checkup that's going to be a different conversation or the yep. person's just going to have a different connotation the the patient or the consumer is going to have a just a different mindset entering that phone call as compared to entering a phone call to just uh, schedule you know the dental uh, a dental appointment so sure it's um it's that continuity all the way through the team and it starts certainly starts administration and trickles down and, and obviously gets all the way to the provider but but um, but you bring up a good point of, of that and making sure that that continuity and that um, that transparency is huge. Yeah, and I think you uh, I think you'd agree with this too that um, working in healthcare I think that's the most exciting part and also the most difficult part is that like you said no no matter what sort of skew or what part of healthcare you're a part of 
there's never just one answer and it's it's never dull it's never you know just one thing every day and it's yeah i don't know it's never really monotonous it's always something different so it's right it's very exciting as a profession that you can challenge yourself and that you get to constantly be learning um but it's also extremely difficult and why you know healthcare seems to move so slow because there's just no there's no perfect way to to automate or no perfect way to you know do all these things that you see under other industries doing because you know it's highly regulated and there's mm-hmm. a lot of different things that you can see and it's just you got to be really careful when you're dealing with literally people's lives a lot of times yeah, so absolutely. it's yeah definitely you brought up another good thing i wanted to touch back on it um you, you had talked about i mean obviously transparency and i think that that can be a great umbrella term but um but uh, when you're in that visit and, and i kind of want to see what your what your you know shoot from the hip thought is here um sure you know and when you say you know the doctor that that seems to there you can tell the difference between someone who's given you um more more time in that visit if they you know assuming they have the time or you just feel like they listened better or you often hear that i mean not necessarily you know yelp <laughs> yelp is certainly <laughs> continuing to be popular in healthcare, which is which is, uh, you know, a good and bad, but um, the, the aspect of Yelp reviews or just reviews in general yeah, um, in regards to what makes a good doctor, what, why do people have a good experience with one and, and a bad experience with another? And I think some of that certainly comes down to the person's mannerisms and all that, but, um, but I think there's another overarching thought, and I want to see um, what your thought is. Why do you think um, some of those doctors feel rushed. Do you feel, do you have a, um, an idea of why you think sometimes they're feeling rushed? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's just kind of the industry. It's, you know, the, it's a highly specialized person a doctor is or any provider is. So their time is valuable. So whether they're working for a clinic or a giant, you know, hospital system or conglomerate or whatever it is, they always have things to be doing, whether that's actually seeing patients or whether that's getting their notes done or whether that's in meetings or whatever it is. I mean, those people's time are very valuable. So I, yep. I, from that point, I definitely understand that they need to be very efficient with their time. Um, on the other side, um, I think it's paramount that patients feel heard and that they feel that their thoughts and what they're going through is being analyzed first correctly, but also thoroughly. You know, you don't want to just brush over things that maybe are missed details that could very well changed the treatment and very well changed the course of care you know so it's yep. it's it's really hard to you know go on that balance as a provider uh, um and obviously providers are they they want to spend patients for, for as a general rule they want to spend time with their patients they're good people you know from mm-hmm. throughout the industry it's majority good people obviously um i'd say that's pretty pretty much that in any industry but um it's hard. It's a really hard thing to balance because there's kind of opposite things pulling at the provider that kind of influence them to go one way versus the other way. Absolutely. And I think it's great to hear that from, you know, from your side, um, from, from, you know, the consumer and from your side, from your line of work. And I'd like to piggyback off that being, you know, from my side of things, um, I totally agree uh, 100%, but I also would say that, um, that the insurance companies have a big grip on that. Um, they, you know, everyone's being reimbursed differently um, depending on the service. And I think sometimes that time with the patient um, to, as far as, you know, the, the ability of, of the bottom line, which it, you hate to say it, but again, that's our private healthcare 
um, is, is it, it is that, that bottom dollar and, um, and I can speak from the PT side of things, but, um, each insurance is paying a little differently, which, which, uh, I hate to admit it, but it certainly changes the course of care depending on, um, the patient in front of you. I mean, you want to treat the patient and, and we go into the field of healthcare to, to be giving and we want to give back to people because we appreciate giving. But, uh, when there's, when there's someone else that's pulling the strings, which unfortunately is the health of the insurance the insurance company most of the time right that definitely can can weigh on the provider and weigh on those patient times so um you know to to 15 minute visits to 10 minute visits um with with a primary care provider or with an orthopedic specialist i mean they're in and out one because they're seeing a lot of people two they're seeing a lot of people because they it's meeting it's meeting the bottom dollar so um there's there's many many sides to that coin not just two sometimes right yep absolutely um now kind of branching off of that uh do you have or do you believe there's any large stigma you know in the U in the healthcare system we have i think you know right now again with a lot of people talking about well how can we make our healthcare system better um uh, do you feel like there's any big thing out there that either americans are talking about or other people are we're hearing through the grapevine that they're talking about our healthcare system, um, whether negative or positive. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this is necessarily a stigma, but it's, it's expensive, right? It's a very costly thing to, you know, consume as a, as a U.S. taxpayer and everything else is like, you, there's a lot of expenses that you occur and healthcare is, you know, whether it's for good or for bad is going to be a large part of everybody's life. Um, and I think there's, there's ways to, to mitigate that on a personal level. Um, of course, you know, preventative care is definitely uh, something that I think is getting a little bit more traction as of late. And just people living healthier lives definitely helps to a point. Um, but I mean, with innovation and with everything else that comes, I think it's it's hard to keep costs low when you're dealing with things like cancer, when you're dealing with things like, you know, chronic conditions that you're never going to live without you have to be empathetic towards people that have these chronic conditions um but it's hard to you know see a see a way that the cost can go down markedly you know because right. that's kind of kind of how at least for my entire life that's just how it's been unfortunately so it's right. it's something that I'm, I'm interested in just because it's such an interesting conversation um and that's why it's always a hot button issue politically um mm-hmm but I, it's it's hard to say there's one right answer right because there's so many right. different things that play into it that there's ju- it, there just can't be one answer in my opinion right yeah absolutely yeah i think again to to what you were saying the the aspect of that preventative medicine piece i mean it, you know it I, I don't have the the numbers you know the dollar sign or um, value in front of me but but how much money is is um overutilized in medical care between you know medi- uh, medicine prescription or um, just general um, uh, whether fraud or or just abuse of the healthcare system right but but how can we yeah how can we be more preventative and and more the maintenance care and that's definitely something I support um, on the physical therapy side of things is you know how can we get at this stuff before it happens and obviously there that that's such a big 
question and a lot of people are, are trying to work at that and that's that really is what they're trying to work on between preventative and maintenance care but um how can how can we continue to change that model which can in the long run save that money how can whether that's between you know nutrition um obviously exercise and we know the the copious amounts of research that supports um healthier lifestyles and exercise and movement and and in eating better um but even with that and the, <laughs> the amount of times people have to say that that uh, those things help um it, whether that's still you know it, the the it's just not being you know the nails not being hit on the head or, yep. or or we just you know as a society just choose to uh to choose to ignore it in a way yeah well i don't know if it's necessarily ignore i think the knowledge isn't necessarily the problem i think if you ask pretty much anybody that they'll tell you that you know eating healthier wh whatever that means and exercising more is going to be good for your life whether that means you live longer whether that means you have a better quality of life kind of depends um or you know it th different research research says different things about which what affects what but um it's it's hard because there's so many lifestyle factors that go into it, right? There are people that, you know, sit down for 10 hours a day at a job. And then there are people that don't. There are people that are on their feet all day. And there's pros and cons to both. And there's health hazards and health risks to both. So it's it's a really interesting thing, kind of bringing it back to my, I guess, my first point, is that there's no right answer. You know, there's there's only there's healthier ways to eat but there's not one healthy way to eat right so it's right. it's just a really interesting thing to kind of break down with people um because everybody's situation is just a little bit different um right yeah, yeah. and i think yeah i think that's of course that conversation not only it, it usually shouldn't start from the healthcare provider right i mean i think by the time someone's reaching out to the healthcare provider they're, they're probably already behind so yep um, yeah. Of course, of course, I look to always provide that information in my clinic to say, okay, here, how can we modify, you know, your activity level, uh, nutrition level, you know, lifestyle, the social, emotional um, things holding people back uh, and affecting, um, you know, potential healthy choices. But, you know, that that needs to be talked to people in the home. Yeah. Um, you know, friends, family just getting the getting the word out there because that's that's the front lines realistically it's the people you spend the time with every day that you can change make more of an impact as compared to you know by the time you're getting into the physical therapy office or you're getting into your primary care provider's office yeah what do you um, think um just a quick question what do you think would be like a good first step for somebody that's you know interested in may maybe making a lifestyle change or they they really want to but they just don't know where to start. What do you think would be a good first step? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, my first, my my gut shoot from the hip would be um, Google. I mean, I don't, <laughs> and not to the sake of like you know WebMD because we know that can create a lot of of, <laughs> exactly. you know, of issues. Yeah, we'll yeah. start diagnosing ourselves with too many things. But right. but I think Google can play a large role there, or just the internet in a good way i mean i really be careful on what you're googling but but if a good quality google search of of you know how to create an exercise program how to start working on getting you know more active how to um, start eating healthier i mean there's going to be a lot of good 
information out there, I think that's a great place to start because it's very accessible, right? Yep. And so access is great, uh, and, and that's something that we don't lack in society these days. I think the next piece would be to, to a low-cost provider. I mean, um, and this is not to toot to my uh, profession's horn but um at least in the state of minnesota and every every state will have different laws on this but um it's something called direct access and you can enter a physical therapy office without ever needing a referral from your primary care provider um, unless you're medicare medicaid but private insurance you can you have 90 days in the state of minnesota to um, to see a physical therapist and improve upon your goals. So for the sake of that, um, it doesn't hurt to call up your local physical therapist, sit down, have an evaluation to talk about, okay, well, you know, how can I get better? Because if, if the physical therapist, um, you know, is portraying to the insurance company why this um, this person is having these deficits, I mean, the, the insurance company will, will cover that. I mean, it, it, that is a reimbursable, um event so right. uh, i think that that's certainly i mean again that's speaking to specifically my state i know my state laws and i would recommend everyone look into their state laws don't dive too deep but uh, but to those those are easy access providers um, sure i would seek i would seek out that help um if if google doesn't uh, get you going on the right path or at least to you know confirm thoughts right i mean you might find something on google and you want to make sure that that's supported by something else that could be another option Right. And I'm guessing any uh, any clinic worth their salt will probably have good information if you just call them up and say, hey, are you guys direct access or, you know, whether you're, you're not in Minnesota or wh- wherever you are, I'm sure they can they can help you out with that if you're interested. Most definitely. Um, and, and so one last big heavy hitting question, Ben, that I'd, I'd like to ask you here, if you could or would change one thing about our American healthcare system right now to whether better yourself, if you want to, you know, being selfish <laughs> not saying you're selfish, but but <laughs> selfishly making that decision, yep. um, or or for the for the sake of you know your community or, or nationwide, um, as a consumer, what would you say that one thing could be? Um, kind of going between two now, so I, I guess I'll mention both, but I I think I just made a decision. So I think obviously go, touching back on the cost, I would love to lessen the cost overall of healthcare and. As we've kind of and it, overmade this to, point, um, to cut sorry, you off just briefly, yeah. are you saying cost in terms of cost as the consumer in your premiums and in deductibles? Or are you saying nationwide the cost of what healthcare is costing America? Um, well, I guess they're kind of connected and they're kind of not, right? So it's you know premiums and deductibles are definitely high, um, but I think a part of that is because you know just the consumables that are used in everyday clinics and everything that that clinic has to pay for is also at a high cost because it's highly regulated like we were talking about earlier. So like, like I said, I don't have a solution necessarily. Um, and uh, don't put me on the stand for one because I don't think I could come up with one. <laughs> um, but that would definitely be a great thing to just lower the amount of inputting cost into healthcare. Um, just because I think it would benefit people. Um, you know, very high level. I think there are people that maybe don't go in to the doctor, to the PT or to whoever as often, just because of that 150 bucks they'll have to pay out of pocket. So yep. I think, and, and that kind of brings me to my next point actually, um, which is kind of what I guess I would say the one thing I would change is access. Um, 
And I think cost is definitely a huge factor in access, but I think there's also just, you know, healthcare deserts, I guess, is a made-up term that I just made up. But, you know, people just <laughs> don't have access to the providers that they need, whether it's a small town, uh, if they're living in a very rural area, um, or maybe they just don't, you know, aren't near a bus route. Nothing in their neighborhood, um, you know, can provide them with the care they need. It's just there's... Right physical access i think is something that maybe isn't talked about as much but um i know can play a large factor for a lot of people um and especially in the u.s we don't really think about the fact that there's people that just couldn't get to the right person right because especially you know like me and you we grew up in a city and we could pretty much go find whatever provider we could go to one of the biggest hospitals in the midwest and we could just you know get whatever we needed basically obviously right. it cost us but Fif i mean there are people that can't just, yeah, yeah brought us exactly to many different clinics right yeah and there's just you know there's people that that isn't the case and at least myself um you know ig ignorantly i guess i don't really think about that a lot um but i think that would be something to really really think more about uh, how we could increase access absolutely yeah, yeah. i think you know we'll see really what the next couple of years has in store because um because i would agree the, the population um there's there's those uh there are those deserts and then there are those areas that are you know highly populated with with healthcare providers and um of course the hardest part is getting people to to move to those deserts and and, and that's a whole nother topic of right of uh you know paying them to go out there is their government reimbursement for student loans and that list can go on on on, on how do we how do we get people into those areas? But um, but I totally right. agree. I think access is huge, um, and in an area that that some people or we for sure take for granted that we have it, and that other people are are you know are yearning for it. Yep. Awesome. Well, Ben, uh, I think unless you have any other last uh, last pieces, uh, I, that's uh, that's a great place to to um, end. I think that was some good. Um, heated discussion there on, on the aspect of what uh, what we can continue to you know uh, bring to the table in terms of how we can talk to others one make you know make those decisions earlier and continue to, to get information out there on, on that maintenance and preventative side of you know let, let's work at that, that active and healthy lifestyle early because um, as a consumer we know it's expensive we know that um, that right now that uh, we don't want to be going and spending that <laughs> that uh, that we that deductible. Um, yep. Especially uh, early in the year, <laughs> people tend to try to, to shy away in in terms of those visits because you never know what's going to happen down the road, and um, and uh, it's uh, it's definitely good to continue to to keep people educated because uh, I think healthcare. And our own insurance, even as a provider, I'm always <laughs> always trying to remind myself and remind others, um, you know, the differences between your deductible, your copay, your premiums, what you have covered, what's not covered, what does eighty percent, you know, mean from an in network versus seventy percent on an out of network, and all that stuff's so confusing. And I think that's why people tend to shy away from visits too because they just they don't know what their insurance card is telling them <laughs> right they don't want to deal with it yeah exactly <laughs> yeah awesome. that's our job to change brother 
Exactly. That's what we're working on. One podcast at a time, right? That's right. Yep. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Well, thank everyone again for listening. Um, any, if you have any questions or, or want to, you know, give us your thoughts on today's podcast, please feel free to reach out to us. You can leave us an email at keepitmovingpodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise you can certainly reach out to me, uh, Dr. Andrew Eccles at, uh, on Instagram at loon state physio. And I'd be happy to, uh, uh, again, go ahead and uh, discuss more of this with you or, or feel to feel free to um, send us any topics that uh, you guys want covered. Uh, ben, thanks again for your time. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it as always. And yeah. uh, until until next time. Have a good one, everybody.